0: Hello. Let's call this Adventures in Podcasting. For the faithful listeners, this will be some updated news. And for the new listeners, it will perhaps explain a little bit of what we're trying to do here. This is going to be one violation of my particular theory of this podcast, which is that it is dialogues with creators. This one's going to be a monologue. I'm sorry. However, I hope to keep it varied and not too long-winded. I have long been fascinated with creativity. I read a massive book, which I have referenced before, called Flow by... Mahalyeh Set Mahalyeh, and that's very hard to say, but it was a fascinating book because he looks at it from many different angles and focuses on the fact that creativity has to be in a specific area or skill set, if you will. I don't like that term for this s- subject, but it, it has to be in something, writing or sculpting or starting a business or building relationships or parenting it has to be in a an area and it has to be seen by others as creative we do live in a context of other people so while i might write something and think that it's very creative and I can enjoy it of itself. And many people do that. They create things and they have no intention of it being shown to anyone else. And that can be very satisfying, but when it comes right down to it, we do have to sometimes take it out of the box and see if other people think it's creative. And along with that creativity, and I don't like to use this word, it's sort of an idea of functionality. Now, Hold on. Functionality, I don't mean utilitarian. I don't mean that you can make money off of it. I don't mean that it is something you can go out and use for some purpose, but it is something that has an effect. It has fruit. It may be enjoyment. It may be inspiration. It may be causing people to look at the world in a different way, but it has an effect. And. So creativity has these elements of original and being noticed or being at least recognized by other people. And so what I've tried to do here in this podcast is bring to your attention some people who I think are creative, that they have an effect, they do something original, they are true to their own vision, and some of these people you may not have heard of. And some of them perhaps you have, and also to explore with them how they are using their creativity, what was their process, what were some of the barriers that they might have come up against, and the joys that they experienced. So, this is all about creativity in a big way, not about the arts, not about the psychology of it, but those things and more. That's why we've listened to entrepreneurs and teachers and a parent and other types of folks who may not be doing something we traditionally think of as in the arts, which is one area of creativity. I attended a workshop and conference, and it was a writer's workshop in Cartersville, Georgia, very well run, very interesting. And there were two wonderful keynote speakers. And the first one was quite a dynamo. And she wanted to encourage us to get out there and do the writing, which a lot of us pretend to be writers and don't do it very uh, regularly. And I've fallen into that category lately too. And she used the term bake the bread. And I like that a lot because I have used that terminology for writing before that metaphor of making bread, but she's saying bake it. And I find that We can sit around and knead the bread and talk about recipes and talk about how long it should rise and what ingredients go into it. And that's all important. But eventually you can't eat raw bread. You got to put it in the oven and bake it and take it out of the pan and serve it to people. So we spend a lot of time in the thinking about creativity and maybe dabbling at it, but actually getting it done and getting it out to people is where you've got to be. So I like that that uh, metaphor, bake the bread. Don't be afraid to show your work to other people. Maybe you do just do it for yourself, but other people might be very interested in it. And also their insights, if you're willing to take them, can help you to make it better. And I know everybody has different opinions about that. Maybe you don't want people to critique you or give you constructive criticism, but it might help. So that's where we are with creativity. And I would recommend and challenge if you are new to this podcast to go back and just listen to uh, the, the ones that we've done so far. I think they've been great and varied in different kinds of fields and Lots and lots of interesting people that I'm proud of that I was able to talk to. The next subject I want to talk about, though, is the challenge of podcasting. The first challenge is that you have to create. It's the challenge of any content creation, whether it's writing or photography or just your daily work where creativity comes into it. With podcasting, it's finding guests and I sometimes one is suggested. Sometimes I'll meet a person and realize they're the right person I want to talk to. Sometimes a person will say I want to be on your podcast, which is fine. Uh, I've had that as well, and it was great. There was someone I didn't necessarily think wanted to be on here. So that's one is finding the folks. And then what I do after that is we set up a time. And a little secret, and we do this on Teams or uh, which is a version like Zoom. And then our wonderful producer, Clemencia Villafuerte, takes it and makes it sound wonderful. And I cannot do enough shout outs to Clemencia. She has just graduated with uh, very high honors. And we're very, very proud of her in her uh, endeavors in film and scholastics in general. So she makes it sound good. And when I set that up, I also set up a script where I have the introduction, and then I have a protocol of questions and transitions of how I'm going to uh, go through it. But of course, there's a lot of flexibility in that. And I ask them to approve it, add to it, edit it, whatever. So, And then we set up for about an hour or so to have our discussions. Now, in some cases, those discussions do go longer. Uh, If you've listened to my uh, podcast with Susanna Mancy, you know, we did a two-parter and it was fascinating discussion about parenting and autism. Uh, So, you know, it will go longer at times and we have to split it up. But generally, they're about, they end up being 40 to 50 minutes long. Another aspect of the challenge of podcasting is keeping it interesting, (laughs) which I hope it is. And then let's be honest, the money. I would really like sponsors. I've thought about the GoFundMe thing, but there are too many other good causes that need GoFundMe. So I don't want people just giving me money for what some might see as a vanity project. I don't see it that way. I think this is helping people. But I definitely would like sponsors. If you have a business that you would like to uh, underwrite and we would have a public service announcement, commercial, whatever you want to put on it, it can be one you produce or we will add to it or it's you can just write some copy and we'll have me read it. That would be fine. And I would uh, love that. So if you have any interest, there are costs here. We have to pay for the server space and we have to pay for the production costs. So please keep that in mind. In this next season, a season usually is eight or nine interviews that go over a period of three or so months. So we have more than one season per year. I'm going to be a little more gender balanced than I was last season. The first one is going to be David Cady, who wrote Religion of Fear. Fascinating book. And we had a great conversation about religion, uh, history of the region, a a certain group, a sect sect that uh, had a lot of money and power, but some really fearful things that was that were going on in that group. And his book is is amazing. We are going to have a musician. We are going to have an historian. We are going to have a person with theological background. We're going to have a psychologist. Actually, we're going to have two psychologists. We're going to have an archaeologist and another writer uh, and maybe some more folks will join us. So we're, um I'm really excited about what's going to happen. And I'll, we're going to try to put these out every 10 days to two weeks. I know some people do podcasts every day. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible. Some people do them every week. Uh, that would be a full-time job. And um, me, it's a little more like every week and a half. So I hope that uh, you don't get too put out with me about that. And again, if you're just coming on, Go back and listen to the others. I mean, I've talked to Katie Ballantyne and Renee Winchester and some other uh, folks that you, it, uh, you would want to listen to. This brings me to the last point of this semi-commercial. And that is that I have a book coming out soon. And I first want to say that uh, I have written and published seven novels. The first three were with the traditional publisher. The next four I self-published, and those were, while I believe in those, and I I think they were very good, they were somewhat experimental. Uh, One good thing about self-publishing is it does allow you to be experimental. And I I hope you would look at those and be interested in them, take them and give them a look. If you are not familiar with my website, it is simply barbara and there's lots of news there. I'm open for coming to speak to groups, church groups, library groups, book groups, whatever seems to fit. <laughs> I mean, I'm the Toastmaster and I'm, I've got public speaking for 45 years, so I kind of know how to do this thing. However, after my seventh novel, which would have been the fourth self-published one, I made a commitment to myself that I was not going to self-publish another novel Now, I might self-publish something else, but not another novel. I wanted to get a real publisher. And fortunately, recently, in the last year or so, a friend of mine started a publishing company. And she knows what she's doing. This is not something that she just thought of one day. (laughs) She's doing a fabulous job. I'm looking forward to great things from Colorful Crow Publishing and Carly Land and her associates. And she took me on. And I'm very happy to be working with her. So she is publishing Sudden Future on June 1st. It is ready now for pre-order. You can find it at her website for Colorful Core Publishing. You can find it through mine. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it if you see me, I'll you a copy. All kinds of things. And I'm, I'm going into hyper-promotion mode. Self-promotion of my books is not my style. That's not what an academic does. But I know that there is only one way to sell anything. And that is to talk it up and promote. And you can do it in an obnoxious way or you can do it in a winsome, I hope, way. So I'll try to be winsome here. (laughs) I think you'll enjoy the book. I have been told that I write uh, my books are a good read. They're a, a fast read. And by that, I take it that um, they don't, I don't get bogged down with a lot of uh, three-page descriptions of a tree and its leaves and its expanse and all that kind of thing. Uh, my books are about people. They read very much like screenplays to some extent because they have a lot of dialogue. And this one is about a young man. He's 31. He thinks he's got it all together. But he's got some things in his life that he doesn't really have altogether. And one of them is his relationship with his mother. He does not really have a good relationship with his mother. And his mother has made some decisions in her life and some things have happened to him that he did not know about. So I'm going to start this discussion by reading the prologue of this book. It is about a page long. Kevin Elcott looked down at his mother's body. It lay covered with a sheet on a gurney in the back room of Babcock Ziegler funeral home. In less than an hour, the corpse would be cremated. The funeral home required a close family member to identify the body before cremation or burial. Kevin qualified as Saber Timothy's closest relative. His mother was 24 hours dead. The form before him really bore little resemblance to his mother as he knew her, as he remembered her. Even since the day before, when he sat by her in her last hours and listened to her breathe and sometimes find a memory from years before to utter, her face had changed. The months of cells splitting according to a new chaotic plan had ended diseased, seemed to be attacking her body still, but he knew better. He wanted to catalog the emotions racing through his body that moment, but he couldn't. The last two months had hinged on his mother's care, her decisions, her choices, even though he had rarely thought about how her lifestyle affected his. That was the problem. He had seldom thought about her before her illness took over their lives, before she placed an unforeseen burden on him, before she led to his ending the relationship with Felicity, before his career choices turned sideways. He now had to set aside his anger that she had been taken so early and quickly so that he could deal with his grief, and the grief melded with regret. Didn't it always not enough time, not enough holidays spent together, not enough I love yous. But he knew there was more to what he was feeling than the usual not enoughs. Before her death, Sabra had asked more of him than he had been ready for, more than he could accomplish, more than she had a right to ask. Yet she had asked it anyway. Now that she was dead, she wouldn't know whether he fulfilled his promise or not. He could change his mind. I hope that catches you. It's pretty dramatic, maybe, standing by a corpse and thinking that your uh, commitments to them no longer matter. So what is the commitment? You got to read it to find out. And I hope you do. I attended a writer's workshop a few years ago, pre-COVID, as we always say, about um, by Stephen James. And he said something that just struck me. It was sometimes you, you hear something and it makes all the sense in the world. And he said, start with the snake. <laughs> now, I hate snakes. So when somebody says start with the snake, that gets my attention. Like Emily Dickinson said, it makes you cold to the bone. Yeah, they do me. So. I um, I like to start with the snake. Readers want something that's going to hook them. So that's what I was trying to do there. Thank you for listening. I hope to meet you again on these podcasts and to be a person who's providing something that will meet your needs, that there will be creativity in these podcasts as we talk about creativity. Thank you.